Alhamdulillahi wa kafa. Wa salamun ala ibadihin ladhin astafa amma ba'd. A'udhu billahi minash shaytanir rajimi bismillah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim. Lakad kana lakum fi rasulillahi uswatun hasana. Liman kana yarju allaha wal yawmal akhira wa dhakar allaha kathira. Subhana rabbika rabbil izzati amma yisifun. Wassalamun ala al-mursaleena walhamdulillahi rabbil alameen. Allahumma salli ala siruna Muhammad wa ala ala siruna Muhammad wa mabarik wa sallam. Allahumma salli ala siruna Muhammad wa ala ala siruna Muhammad wa mabarik wa sallam. Allah s.w.t. Surah Al-Ahzab, Surah number 33 of Qur'an, verse number 21, addressed all of us by saying, لَكَدْ كَانَ لَكُمْ فِي رُسُولِ اللَّهِ أُسْبَةٌ حَسَنًا That indeed you have for you, for your own benefit, for your own learning, for your own guidance in the life and outward and inward and character and model of the Prophet ﷺ and uswa, a perfect example, a perfect model, a perfect paradigm, uswatun hasana. Hasana means of pure beauty, pure virtue, pure excellence. A perfectly, purely, beautifully, purely excellent model for us is Sayyidina Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam لَكَدْ كَانَ لَكُمْ فِي رَسُولِ اللَّهِ أُسْوَةٌ حَسَنًا Who is going to find that model beautiful? Allah Ta'ala mentioned something. لِمَنْ كَانَ يَرْجُ اللَّهِ That person who is always yearning to meet Allah Ta'ala, who has hope in the mercy of Allah Subhanahu wa Ta'ala, who has love for Allah Subhanahu wa Ta'ala, that person will have love for the beloved messenger sallallahu alaihi that person who yearns for and loves allah subhanahu will be able to see the beauty of the sunnah they will find the sunnah beautiful they will find the sunnah to be such brilliant blazing radiant beauty that it will blind them to the beauties and attractions of this world that person who yearns to meet Allah Ta'ala, wal yawmal akhira, and that person who yearns for the last day, the day of judgment. Now that's strange. Me and you normally think that a mu'min, a believer, would be terrified of the day of judgment. Allah Ta'ala is describing in Quran, there are some people who they yearn for that day. They're awaiting an eager anticipation for that day. Why? Because that's the day they will meet Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala. That's the day they will see Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala. That's the day they will see Sayyidina Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. Obviously they must be people of a lot of taqwa, a lot of a'mal, ibadat, adab, akhlaq, that they have that yearning for that day. That's why Allah Ta'ala in one place in Quran is referred to the day of judgment <coughs> as yawmin liqa. Yawmin liqa. So in the ayat that Imam Shaykh Mulana Ghazan for recited in the beginning, Yawma yalqawnuhu This the day that they will meet Allah SWT The day they will meet Allah SWT Tahiyyatuhum yawma yalqawnuhu salam And the greeting that they will receive On the day of judgment Which for these people is yawma liqa Day of meeting Allah Ta'ala Allah Ta'ala will meet and greet them with salam Allah Ta'ala Himself will meet and greet them with glad tidings of peace and sanctity. 
So this person will find the Sunnah beautiful, who loves Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, yearns for the Day of Judgment, and third feature, وَذَكَرَ kathira, And they make a lot of zikr of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Kathrati zikr. Because Allah ta'ala said in Quran, يَا أَيُّهَا الَّذِينَ آمُنُوا اذْكُرُوا اللَّهَ ذِكْرًا kathira. That, oh, you have iman, you must remember Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala dhikran kathir a whole lot, excessively. Remember Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala excessively. How much? So much zikr that your heart tells you, oh, I've remembered Allah ta'ala so much. Sometimes we tell our friends jokingly that if somebody asks me how much eating is too much, kasrati khana. How do I know that I've eaten too much? I would just say that you eat and eat and eat and keep eating. You yourself realize when you've eaten too much. <laughs> Similarly, Allah Ta'ala is saying, Udhkurullah, dhikran kathira. How do I know that I remember Allah Ta'ala kathir? Keep doing zikr, keep doing zikr, keep doing zikr, then your heart will tell you you've done too much. Udhkurullah, dhikran kathira. So that person who remembers Allah Ta'ala that much, loves Allah Ta'ala and yearns for the day of judgment, the day of meeting, that person will find the sunnah beautiful. That person will be able to see the beauty of sunnah. And then when they see it, it will blind them to all of the material beauties in the world. Now it is fard for every ummati to know their Nabi. Once we enter this pact of Ashadu Anna Muhammadan Abduhu wa Rasulu sallallahu that's an Ummati Nabi pact. It's an Ummati Nabi relationship. So we have to know Sayyidina Rasulullah. That is what the first talk in a very brief initial way was to try to remind us and for us to remember and for us to know his blessed life, his blessed mission, his blessed message. <coughs> It has become, why? Because it's become very sad, in fact tragic, that this ummah has forgotten their Nabi. This ummah has become distant from their Nabi. This ummah sometimes doesn't even remember their Nabi. In fact, many members of this ummah are leading lives that are a disservice to their Nabi. Our Nabi was a Nabi of Rahmah, a Nabi of mercy, a Nabi of grace, a Nabi of forgiveness, a Nabi of kindness. Where do we find that mercy and grace and kindness and forgiveness? And if we don't have that, we are not his ummah in reality. We may be his ummah in name. So we want to make that journey from being his ummah in name to being his ummah in reality. Sometimes people like to say, We're living 1400 years after the time of Sayyidina Rasulullah. Yes, that is correct. We are living 1400 years. But, the Qur'an al-Kareem is as much an alive book today as it was then. His sunnah, his seerah, his teachings, his feelings are as much a living tradition of hidayah and guidance for us today as they were 1400 years ago. So it's not that we're living in another time or in a distant time. No, it's us that we are not 1400 years, we are light years, millions of light years away from his sunnah. Our life is light years away from his life. That is the problem. It has nothing to do with time. And there's a saying in English that the ones who are closest to you are the ones that hurt you the most. If somebody else, if a non-Muslim doesn't believe in the Prophet it's not going to hurt him on the Day of Judgment when he sees that. If a non-Muslim draws a cartoon 
It's not going to hurt the Prophet when he sees that. It's irrelevant to him. It's irrelevant. In his own lifetime, there were so many non-Muslims who oppressed him and persecuted him. This is the wrong way. This is reactionism. Our deen is not a deen of being reactionary. Sayyidina Rasulullah in his entire sida, you will not see one episode, one incident, one whisper of reactionism from him. Not a reactionary person. So if we are as ummah, we must not become reactionary people. <coughs> but it's our own acts that are much more criminal than anything any non-Muslim says or writes. Because we are the ones who know him to be a prophet. We are the ones who have believed him as a prophet. We have accepted him as a prophet. Sometimes people say, it's very common especially in Urdu and Pakistan to hear this. What are they saying? I'm not hurting anybody. Okay, maybe I don't pray. Maybe I don't follow sunnah. Maybe I haven't understood the seed of Qur'an from the great ulama of Qur'an. Maybe I've never read a ghazali. Maybe I don't lower my gaze. Maybe I don't have haya. But they think they can redeem themselves by saying this, but I've never hurt anyone. I don't hurt anybody. Let's say they're true, right? That they've never hurt their wife, they've never hurt their husband, they've never hurt their children, they've never hurt their neighbor. Let's just assume they're correct. All right. But what they don't realize is that Sayyidina Rasulullah has told us in Sahih Adeeb that on the Day of Judgment, every Ummah, their Hisab, their examination will be taken in front of the Nabi of that Ummah. So Sayyidina Rasulullah is going to witness each and every one of our Book of Deeds. He doesn't know it now, what we do. But on the Day of Judgment, he will see our Book of Deeds. Now, if we go on to the Day of Judgment and our Book of Deeds says that they didn't pray Fajr, they didn't pray Salah, they didn't follow Sunnah, didn't have Taqwa, didn't have Tawakkul, they didn't make Dua, don't you think the Prophet is going to be hurt by that? So don't think that I'm not hurting anyone. Actually, you, if we don't make Tawbah, if we don't change, we will actually, on the most greatest, tremendous day, Day of Judgment, we will actually hurt the heart of the most important one in our life, our own beloved Prophet we don't want to show up with this record and say, Nasusim sees this, that this is my ummati. These are the people that I used to cry for in dua. These are the people that I myself offered my own life on Badr and Uhud. I didn't command from behind, I was there in the front. I offered my own life to defend deen of Islam so that Islam would reach them. And this is what they brought to me. Just being a good neighbor and a good citizen is not entire deen. I'll give you an example. Let's take the fathers or the mothers here. So let's say you have a son. Imagine if your son is a good student, a good worker, a good neighbor, a good citizen, a good husband to his own wife, a good father to his own children, but he's not a good son to you. 
Can he present all that other stuff to you? And say, oh my mother, oh my father, don't look that I'm not a good son. Look that I'm a good husband, good father, good right? Good citizen, good student, good worker. Look at that. You would say, my son, all of that is irrelevant to my relationship with you. All of that is wonderful. I'm very happy you're a good student and a good worker and a good citizen and a good neighbor. But my relationship with you will be entirely and exclusively based that are you a good son to me? Same way Sayyidina Rasulullah Sallam, Ummati Nabi relationship. How good an Ummati are we being to Nabi Ibrahim Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam? How much of the seerah and sunnah are we living? How much are we practicing? How much are we sharing? How much are we spreading? How much are we teaching? That's what Sayyidina Rasulullah wants to see. That's what Sahaba Ikram had. They were the greatest living embodiments of the sunnah. They were shining stars of the sunnah. They were dynamic transmitters and shares of the sunnah. That is called being an ummati of Sayyidina Rasulullah Wasallam. So we have to understand that his sunnah is for us. Some people have another misconception. They think that because the jurists of Islam who are called fuqaha, they made categories that this is fard and this is sunnah. Yes, they made those categories. And they were justified in doing so. But that doesn't mean me and you should take a fard-only attitude towards our deen. Because we don't take a fard-only attitude towards dunya. What's the fard amount a person needs to eat? Just enough to stay alive. Me and you eat nafil food every day. <laughs> and we drink nafil every day. What's the fard amount of clothing you need? Or number of shoes you need? Just maybe two or three pairs of clothing. And one or two pairs of shoes? Mean you have nuffle clothing, nuffle shoes. What's the amount of fard money it's required to earn? Just enough to subside in this world. I think everybody in this hall makes a nuffle salary. What's the fard type of living to have? You don't need a one canal, two canal house. People are living in the world in one room, two room flats. People are living with four children, extended families in one two room flats. So our living is nuffle. Our earning is nuffle. Our cars are nuffle. Our eating is nuffle. Our drinking is nothing. And all of that is fine if you're doing it halal. It's 100% fine. But do we want that everything in our life we want more? And only when it comes to deen we want the bare minimum survival amount? That's not called balance. That's imbalance. Balance means I want to be the best that I can in this world. And I want to be the best that I can in dunya. I want the best school for my children. I want the best taqwa for my children. I want to drive the best car I can afford. I want to have the best taqwa and haya I can afford. I want to have the nicest furnishings in my home that I can have. And I want to adorn myself with as much sunnah that I can. That's called balance. That's called balance. So we should not have this attitude or ever say this very dangerous sentence that it's only sunnah. Anybody who says this sentence, it's only sunnah. Let me retranslate that for you. What are they actually saying then? They're saying, he's only my nabi. He is only my nabi. And if you want to say that, don't come and say that to the ulama. You go to Madinah Manawra. Go to Masjid Nabi. Stand at his roza and you say it to him if you have the guts. Tell him, it's only sunnah. You're only my nabi. I take a farz only attitude towards deen. 
your entire life, your legacy, your mission, your message, your sunnah, your sirah, your adab, your akhlaq, your zahir, your batin, your hadith. I have no need for that. Don't tell the ulama that. If you have your own relationship with your Nabi, go tell him that. This is ludicrous. Ludicrous. Some people say the outer doesn't matter, only the inner matters. No, both matter. If you have a car, and it's a new car, so the asl of the car is the engine, right? That's the button of the car. However, if I was to scratch your car, wouldn't you get angry with me? <laughs> Can you imagine if I scratch your car, and then when you get angry, I say, oh, my friend, it's just the zahir. Zahir could go for it. Engine is fine, suspension is fine, brakes are fine. All I did was scratch. <laughs> so for your car, the outer appearance matters. For your home, if I say we'll get a great interior design, but outside we'll make kacha gray structure. You say, no, the outer matters. <laughs> the outer matters in the car. The outer matters in my home. I want to wash my face, be presentable, iron my clothes every day, because the zahir matters. Yes, it does matter. So Sayyidina Rasulullah has a zahir sunnah and a batin sunnah. Okay, let me give you another example. If there's a master architect and he designs a hall, what will he tell you? He will say, I've designed every inch of this hall, outer and inner, every fixture, every handle, every doorknob, every switch, everything is my master design. Just like that, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is al-khaliq. He is the ultimate creator, designer, architect of the universe. And infinitely more amazing than the way Allah Ta'ala made the atom, the way Allah Ta'ala made the human body, the way Allah Ta'ala made the galaxy, the black holes, infinitely more amazing than that. His masterpiece creation is the sunnah of Sayyidina Rasulullah That is his masterpiece creation. And because it's his masterpiece creation, we had better believe that he designed the outer and the inner to perfection. Everything is sunnah. It's dripping sunnah. It's pure sunnah. Everything is part of this model. Everything is for us to emulate because everything is sunnah. All created, made, designed by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for us. لَكَدْ كَانَ لَكُمْ فِي رَسُولُ اللَّهِ أُسْوَةٌ This is what it means. This is what it means. Now, Sayyidina Rasulullah has one beautiful name. It's called Al-Mustafa. Mustafa means the chosen one. Select. Choice. Selection. Means he was chosen by Allah subhanahu wa to be the greatest of his creation. But it's not just him. Everything related to him is Mustafa's chosen. Allah ta'ala chose Wadi of Makkah Makarama for him, Mustafa. Allah Ta'ala chose Yathrib, the city, to become Madinatun Nabi, Madina Manawra, chosen for him. His companions, chosen by Allah Ta'ala from Mustafa. And me and you, our Ummati, we are also Mustafa. Allah Ta'ala has chosen us, selected us for this incredible honor and grace to be from the Ummah of Sayyidina Rasulullah Don't you see if there's a young man or woman who gets selected for admissions, into Harvard or Oxford, how happy they get. And they carry that joy their whole life. If I meet an uncle who's 50, 60 years old and he went to Harvard or Oxford, he'll always be sure to tell me because he's happy that he was selected. Somebody selected for foreign service, selected for civil service, selected for interview, selected after interview for job. Selection. 
So then if we're happy at all of these selections, why aren't we dripping with joy that Allah subhanahu wa selected us, selection Mustafa, to be ummat of Sayyidina Rasulullah Why shouldn't we honor that? Can you imagine if somebody selected for Harvard and they don't go? Or they go, they don't study? You would say, give me souls. What happened to you? Untapped potential, unrealized potential, unfulfilled dream. How could you not honor that selection? So then me and you, if we've been selected by Allah Ta'ala for the Ummah of Sayyidina Rasulullah but we don't follow his sunnah, don't follow his button also. We don't have his adab, his akhlaq, his sirat, nor do we have his surat. Those who have a surah don't have a sirat. Some have a sirat, they don't have a surah. Hmm? We're supposed to have everything. We were selected and we didn't honor that selection. What a infinitely more tragic is that than the boy who got into Harvard and chose not to go or went and messed it up. Hmm? So we have to take this sunnah as seriously. You know, some of our young men and women are so distant from this concept. They can't even spell in Arabic the word Mustafa. They don't even know. Is it spelled with a seen or is it spelled with a saw? That's how distant we've become from our deen. Hmm? But on the other side, if we are distant from the Prophet he was very close to us. He was very close to us. And his life is very close to us. No life has been as perfectly and as detailed, documented as the life of the Prophet Alhamdulillah, Allah Ta'ala give an infinite reward to those ulama, muhaddithin and ulama of sirah and shamail. They gathered every single aspect of his life, the most recorded and documented life, even the way he talked, even the way he looked, even the way he smiled, even his hair, then his attributes, his generosity, his patience, his kindness, every single, his private domestic life. Can you imagine how pure that being is that he tells his own wives that everything you see me do, niji, everything you see me do intimately at home, share it all with the people. Allah Akbar, what a pure life. Hmm? Perfectly documented. Everything is there. But we don't have that detailed knowledge. <laughs> Such a shame. Those ulama who spent their lives recording, detailing, preserving, commenting, highlighting, explaining his life. They would be shamed that the Muslims of today aren't even bothered, aren't even interested. So one thing you should definitely take away from today is a desire to know his sirah, know his sunnah to read, to learn, whether in English or in Urdu. If you know Urdu, there's a wonderful Arabic. If you know Arabic, well you, if, you, if you know Arabic, you don't even need me to tell you. Because if you know Arabic, you should already know the works in Arabic. If you know Urdu, there's a wonderful sira that has been translated from Arabic into Urdu called Sira de Halabi. If you want more detail, if you want less detail, there's Sira de Mustafa by Mulana Idris Khan Levinam Talay. If you want less detail, there's Sirat of the Prophet by Mulana Abu Hassan Nadri if you know Urdu. If you know English, overall, largely speaking, although obviously no book is entirely perfect, right, except for the book of Allah SWT, the better English book on Sirat is the Sirat written by a British Muslim by the name of Martin Linz. And you can even get the Sirat of Mulana Abu Hassan Nadri, it's also been translated into English. Alright, learn about a Sirat. 
if you want to learn about the character of the Prophet there was a great Spanish Muslim scholar, Ali Ayad. He wrote a book called Ash-Shifa, written in Arabic, translated in Urdu, and translated in English by Aisha Biwali, a white British English woman, translated in English also. Ash-Shifa, another work by Imam Tirmidhi Mata, great Hadith scholar. He combined a collection of Hadith just about the Prophet his life, his character. It's called the Shamail of Tirmidhi. That's in Arabic. Translated in Urdu by Sheikh Ladis Mohan Zakaria and also translated in English. We don't even have these books in our libraries. We don't teach these books in our education, our syllabus. So we have only our own selves to blame. So these were some things to take away from here. Next, what is the feelings that we should have for the Prophet Feeling number one is Imam. Imam. And I'm not just saying that believing in him. Iman means believing in him and everything that he said to be the ultimate reality and truth of the entire universe. Believing that him and his life and his words and his feelings and his hal and his kifiyat are the greatest thing ever to be known. Much more fascinating than doing research on the subatomic particle and much more fascinating than doing research on the human body or the black hole is to go deep into the marifat of Sayyidina Rasulullah to have that level of imam that my Prophet his life and character is the most amazing, incredible thing that exists in the universe of all creation to have that level of imam second feeling so first feeling is imam second feeling is called ita'at, obedience to obey the Prophet Allah that that person who obeys the Prophet it is tantamount to equivalent as if they have obeyed Allah. I mean how much more could Allah Ta'ala stress this? And this verse is clear that obedience to Allah Ta'ala is one thing and then obedience to the Prophet is yet an additional thing because Allah Ta'ala inspired the Prophet with additional teachings. For example, it doesn't say in the Quran how to pray or how many times to pray or what, how many rakats to pray. Even hajj, the detailed way of performing hajj or salah and you can imagine then so many other things have to be taken from the sunnah of Sayyidina Rasulullah and Allah gave him that rank because he's a prophet. So prophet has legislative authority over his ummah. A prophet is a guide for his ummah to follow the guidance and legislation. To obey Sayyidina Rasulullah So when Allah Ta'ala said this فَقَدْ أَتَى اللَّهِ As if you obeyed Allah. What does it mean? So like in Urdu, if you want to tell somebody دیکھیں اس کو میری طرح سمجھیں اس کی بات مانے اس کو میری طرح سمجھتے ہوئے ان کے بات مانے That's what Allah is saying in Quran مَنْ يُتِئِرْ رَسُولَ فَقَدْ أَتَى اللَّهِ Because he is Rasulullah Sallallahu so first feeling is called Iman. Second feeling is called Ita'at. Obviously I'm doing it very briefly. Otherwise each of these could be a separate lecture in of itself. Third feeling is called Ittiba'at. Ittiba'at means to change yourself and follow Him. Not to follow our nafs or the dictates of fashion, culture, society, media, the times. No. To follow that priceless, endless, Limitless, eternal sunnah So this for Iqtibalat also come in Quran. Very important verse. Surah Al-Imran, which is surah number uh, 3. 
Verse number 30. Tell them, tell the believers, that if you want to love Allah, if you want to be the lover of Allah, if you think you are the lover of Allah, tell them they have to do ittiba of you and your sunnah. Allah is making it clear. Allah Ta'ala is that being that you don't come to Him on your terms, you come to Him on His terms. And He has laid out His terms in Quran Al-Kareem. And the path that leads to Allah Ta'ala's pleasure is called the Sunnah of Sayyidina Rasulullah So Allah Ta'ala is saying clearly in Quran, if you want to love Allah Ta'ala, you have to follow the Sunnah of Sayyidina Rasulullah And now if a person says, okay, Ya Allah, I do ittiba, I follow your Sunnah. I follow his sunnah. Now will you accept me as your lover? Allah Ta'ala says, Now not only will you be accepted as my lover, Allah, Allah Ta'ala will love you. You wanted to be lover, Allah Ta'ala said, follow sunnah. You followed sunnah, Allah Ta'ala says, you're lover and now you're beloved. You become mahaboob. This is the power of sunnah. The sunnah is that way of life and living that can make an ordinary mu'min the mahboob of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Allah ta'ala says in Quran, يُحْبِبْكُمُ Allah subhanahu wa will love you. وَيَغْفِرْ لَكُمْ ذُنُوبُكُمْ And Allah ta'ala will forgive all of your sins for you. This is the power of sunnah. Now you tell me, does the sunnah still seem like something optional? Hmm? Because for any believer, is it optional to become the beloved of Allah? Any believer, this is the be-all and end-all of their life. This is the ultimate purpose, maqsad is in the gay purpose of life, that I somehow become the mahboob of Allah Ta'ala. That I must become mahboob first and die second. <laughs> I must become mahboob of Allah Ta'ala before I pass away from this world. And Allah Ta'ala laid it out for us. The way to become mahboob is by following the sunnah. So first feeling, iman. Second feeling, itaat, obedience. Third feeling, ittiba, following. Following. Fourth feeling is called ishq. Ishq. There's one word in Arabic called muhabba. Ishq means extreme muhabba. And in Arabic language, Arabic, by the way, very quickly, Arabic is a language created by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Taught by Allah ta'ala to Adam alayhislam. Then Adam alayhislam came to earth, spoke it, then it broke up into different dialects. Then Allah ta'ala sent again Quran and Arabiya and the pure Christian Arabic. The Arabic word ishq is only to be used for Allah Ta'ala and Sayyidina Rasulullah Ishqi alai, subhanahu wa ta'ala, and Ishqi Rasul, sallallahu There's a great tragedy that the poets and songwriters have used this great word Ishq that is reserved for the intense love for Allah Ta'ala and intense love for Sayyidina Rasul. They've used this Ishq for the false loves, false, unlawful, romantic, lustful loves of this world. Ishq is for Allah SWT, Ishq is for Sayyidina Rasulullah So to have Ishq for the Prophet Sayyidina Rasulullah said that none of you has yet completed their Iman until they love me more than they love their parents, more than they love their children, more than they love their own selves. Allah, that level of Ishq, that I would love to follow the Sunnah no matter what anybody says, no matter what anyone thinks, whether they may be my parents, they may be my children, they may be my spouse, because I'm in a state of ishq, ishq Rasul sallallahu alaihi wasallam. 
اور یہ عشق و شاق سے ملتا ہے یو گیٹ دس لو فرام دا لورس وین یو کنیکٹ یور ہارٹ ٹو دا لورس آف دا پالسلم دین دا لو دا پالسلم ہیز کم ان ٹو یور ہارٹ is to realize that we are an ummati. Ummati in Arabic is a very interesting word. It has two meanings. First meaning, ummati means ummatwala, like Lahori means Lahorwala. Ummati means a person of the ummah. But when Sayyidina Rasulullah used to make dua to Allah Ta'ala, Allahumma, Allahumma, ummati, ummati, Ya Rab, Ya Rab, ummati, ummati, it meant my ummah, my ummah. Like Kitabi means my book, Ummati means my Ummah. Sayyidina Rasulullah used to make dua to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala deeply in depth for the sake of his Ummah. So much so that when he went on Miraj and when he was bestowed in maqam of Qurb with Allah ta'ala that no creation ever got, even there he didn't forget his Ummah. Even there he made dua for his Ummah. Look how loyal and loving this Nabi is. Sallallahu alayhi wasallam, That he loves his Ummah. He remembers his ummah. Ab now I want to end tonight's discussion, today's discussion with one verse from Quran al-Kareem. This is Surah At-Tawbah, verse number 129. This verse you should read, you should remember, you should put it on your screensaver, you should carry it with you. This is a verse that will tell you, Allah Ta'ala will explain to you in this verse who Sayyidina Rasulullah is. Allah Ta'ala says in Quran, لَكَدْ جَاءَكُمْ رُسُولٌ مِّنْ أَنفُسِكُمْ That indeed a Nabi has come to you from your own fellow humanity, from your own selves. أَزِيزٌ عَلَيْهِ مَا أَنِتْتُمْ That it weighs heavily on him the things that you do. But are you hurting somebody's heart? أَزِيزٌ عَلَيْهِ مَا أَنِتْتُمْ The transgressions, the wrongdoings, the lack of respect that you do azizun alay this is allah allah subhanahu wa ta'ala saying in quran who is himself allahul aziz aziz means mighty and tremendous azizun alayhi ma anittum it weighs tremendously on him the things that you do second character harisun alaykum he's thirsty for you he has unquenchable thirst for you he is haris for you اللہ آج ہمیں اس نبی کا بھی حرص ہوتا جس نبی کا ہمارا حرص ہے اف اونلی وی کڈ لرن ٹو تھرسٹ فار دیٹ نبی ہو اللہ تعالیٰ از ٹیسٹیفائنگ ان قرآن دی تھرسٹ فار اس تھرڈ ایٹریبیوٹ بل مؤمنین رعوف الرحیم اینڈ ہی از رعوف ایکسٹریملی جینٹل اینڈ کائنڈ اینڈ رحیم ایکسٹریملی مرسیفل بل مؤمنین ود دی بلیورز دس از سیم اللہ تعالیٰ saying in the same Qur'an, that same Allah Ta'ala who is himself a rauf is using the same word and attribute. Allah is Allah, the Prophet is the Prophet. But Allah Ta'ala is using the same word from his own Asma al-Husna to describe the attribute of the Prophet the Sayyidina Rasulullah is rauf. He's so intimately gentle and kind and soft-hearted towards you. And he's Rahim. He's so merciful and forgiving, Bil Mu'minin, with all believers. If only we could be rough and gentle with the Sunnah. If we could be Rahim and gentle with the other bin akhlaq. If we could adopt these things. This is an incredible thing. Here Allah Ta'ala is mentioning a ta'luk, a nisbat 
that your Nabi is Haris for you, you should be Haris for him. That he is Ruf and Rahim for you, you should be Ruf and Rahim for him. Allahu Akbar Kabira. What an incredible introduction Allah SWT is giving to Sayyidina Rasulullah. So put this in your office cubicle, put this in your laptop, put this in your home so you never forget that I'm not an ordinary person. I'm not a Ruhani Yateem. I am a human who has accepted a Nabi as my guide, as my Hadi, as my Imam. And he is not just any Nabi. He is Haris for me. He is Rauf with me. He is Rahim with me. Allah Akbar. Such an incredible Nabi Kareem Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. Such a loving Nabi Kareem Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. And he saved his duas for us. He said that every Nabi gets a dua that Allah Ta'ala will grant. And the Sahabah asked, Ya Rasul, did you also get a dua like that? He said, yes. So what did, dua did you make? Sayyidina Rasul said, no, my companions, I decided to save this dua for the day of judgment, for the sinners of my ummah, so that I can make dua to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that, Ya Allah, they may have sinned, but they were my ummah. But what does it mean they were my ummah? They were haris for me. They loved me. They followed my sunnah. They learned my seerah. That's his ummah. For people who are like that of his ummah, even if they bring some sins, Sayyidina Susan will make dua for them. Sayyidina Susan will make shafat for them. That that's why we have to have this love. Love for the Prophet Ishq for the Prophet in our life. And we have to be true to that love. Loyal to that love. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala accept this from us. May He make each and every one of us the true, loyal, loving, passionate follower of Nabi Kareem sallallahu that we turn to his sunnah and seerah for guidance in every aspect of our life, whether it's in home, whether it's in office, whether it's in family, whether it's in university, that we want to bring this ummati Nabi relationship back into the equation of our life. We want every aspect of our life to be permeated, to be governed, to be blessed by this nur of his sunnah and the nur of his seerah and the nur of his heart. And Ya Allah, we want that on the Day of Judgment, when you raise up those true lovers of the Prophet ﷺ, that you include us in that blessed ummah, you include us in those who love him, you enable Sayyidina to recognize us as his ummatis. It should never be that you try to make yourself unrecognizable on earth, that you want that nobody should recognize you as a Muslim. What if Allah Ta'ala accepts this intention and then on the day of judgment, just like you were unrecognizable as Muslim in this world, Allah Ta'ala makes you unrecognizable as Muslim on that day. Hmm? No, we should bear that we are ambassadors of deen. We are supposed to be living testaments to his nabuwa. That's called an ummati who is a service to his prophet, who is an honor to his prophet, who bears the legacy of his prophet, who is a testament to a prophet, who is the representative of his prophet to the rest of humanity who never got to see his prophet. That's called an ummati. May Allah SWT make each and every one of us the ummati of the Prophet in such a way. Before we end, we'll make dua. Subhanallah minana wa haba Allahumma salli ala sayyiduna Muhammad wa ala ala sayyiduna Muhammad wa barik wa sallim Rabbana dhalamna anfusana wa illam tagfir lana wa tarhamna lanakunanna min al-khasirin Rabbi gfir warham wa anta khairul rahimin Ya Allah, Ya Rabbi Kareem, you are a kind, generous, loving Rabb 
You gave us the gift of Iman, the gift of Islam, the gift of Quran, the gift of Nabi alayhi salam. You made us from his ummah. You left us his seerah. You left us his sunnah. You made our guides his sahaba. Zalamna anfusana. We wronged our own selves. We have allowed ourselves to go astray. We let ourselves become distant from Him. We have let ourselves become distant from You. Ya Allah, we gathered here on this day to remind ourselves, Ya Allah, to remember You, Ya Allah, to remember Him, Ya Allah, to remember our identity, Ya Allah. Ya Rabbi Kareem, we ask that You restore us, Ya Allah, revive us, Ya Allah, replenish us, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, make us amongst Your true ibad. Min ibadika salihin. Ya Allah, Ya Rabbi Kareem, make us true to you, loyal to you, loving to you, obedient to you. Ya Rabbi Kareem, let us follow each and every hukum of Quran, each and every hukum of Sunnah, each and every hukum of Sharia. Let us live a life of obedience. Ya Allah, we want to make tawbah, Ya Allah. We ask that you forgive us, Ya Allah. Forgive us for all the sins that we ever did. Forgive us for all the laziness. Forgive us for all the ghafla. Forgive us for all the neglect. Ya Rabbi Kareem, we want to be firm and steadfast on deen. We want to be dynamic in deen, proactive in deen, mazboot in deen. Grant us himma, Ya Allah. Grant us istikamat, Ya Allah. Ya Rabbi Kareem, if ever we intend any disobedience, Ya Allah, stop us, Ya Allah. Guide us, Ya Allah. Let our heart feel shame, Ya Allah. Let our heart feel sorrow over these sins. Ya Rabbi Kareem, we ask that you forgive us for every sin that we ever did, if we did it publicly, the sins that we did privately, the sins that we did to ourselves, the sins that we did to others, the sins that we remember, the sins that even we have forgotten that we did them. And Ya Allah, any distance that came between us and you, us and your mercy, because of our sins, Ya Allah, remove that distance, Ya Allah. You said in Quran, فَإِنِّي كَرِيبٌ You said in Quran, وَنَحْنُ أَقْرَبُ إِلَيْهِ Ya Allah, we want to feel that korb, we want to feel that Akrabiya, Ya Allah, let our heart feel your kurb every second of the day, every second of the night. Ya Allah, make us steadfast in our salah. Make us musalleen. Make us qanateen. Make us abideen. Make us from your ibad salihin. Ya Allah, enable us to fill our heart with love for you. Ya Allah, take out from our heart all the unlawful loves, the materialistic loves, the worldly loves, the lustful loves. Clean us, Ya Allah. Purge us, Ya Allah. Purify us, Ya Allah. Fill our heart with the pure love for you. Love for Deen Islam. Love for Quran. Love for Nabi Salam. Love for his seerah. Love for his sunnah. Love for his sahaba. Ya Allah, make us ashik, Ya Allah. Make us ashik sadiq, Ya Allah. Make us amongst your muhibbeen. Make us amongst your mahbubeen, your maqbuleen. Ya Rabbi Kareem, fill our heart with the strongest feelings of Iman for you and for Nabi Kareem sallallahu and make our life have the highest level of obedience and ita'a to you and to Nabi Kareem sallallahu and ya let our life and our heart have ittibab Nabi Kareem sallallahu let us to ittibab his sunnah ittibab his seerah ittibab his teachings ittibab his heart ittibab his ahwal ittibab his kifiyat 
Yallah, the same love for you that He had in His heart, Yallah, put that same love for you in our heart. The same tawakkul He had, the same sabr He had, the same shukr He had. Yallah, all of His batani sifat, His batani adab and akhlaq, His batani ahwal and kefiyat, we need it, Ya Allah. We want it, Ya Allah. Enable us to work for it, Ya Allah. Enable us to strive for it, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, محبوب آج تک اگر ہم کسی عبادت سے محروم رہ چکے ہیں کوئی عدب اخلاق سے محروم چکے ہیں کوئی اچھی صفت سے محروم ہو چکے ہیں آج توبہ کر رہے ہیں یا رب کریم عطا کر دیجئے دے دیجئے آپ تو الوحاب والے ذات ہیں دینے والے ذات ہیں دیرا آپ کو سرچتا ہے ہم لینے کے لئے آئے ہیں نواز دیجئے اللہ کرم کر دیجئے اللہ اپنا فضل کرم کر رحمت فرما اپنا درد عطا فرما دین کا غم عطا فرما اپنا عشق عطا فرما نبی کریم سم کا عشق عطا فرما ہمارے قلب ہمارے دل کو یا رب کریم تمام قرآنی ایمانی اسلامی صفات عطا فرما یا رب کریم حاضرین مجلس میں اگر کوئی کسی پریشانی میں ہے سب کی پریشانیوں کو دور فرما مشکلات کو آسان بنا اور ہم جو اکثر آپ کی نعمت میں پل رہے ہیں کوئی پریشانی نہیں کوئی مشکل نہیں بس اپنے سستی کا یا رب کریم اپنے سستی کے شکار بن گئے اس سستی کو دور فرما دین میں چست بنا اپنے رضا کے مطابق بنا یا رب کریم ہماری طبیعت میں مزاج میں انداز میں ادائے میں اگر کوئی بھی چیز ہے جو تھوڑا سا بھی آپ کو پسند نہیں ہم بدلنے کے لئے آئے ہیں بدل دیجئے اللہ ہم اپنے آپ کو نہیں بنا سکیں تو بنا دیجئے کرم کر لیجئے یا رب کریم جب آپ کے ایک نظر شفقت ہم پر اس وقت پڑی جب آپ نے ہمارے روح کو اس امت کے لئے چن لیا آپ نے امت مصطفیٰ میں سے بنایا آپ کے اتنا کرم تھا اتنا فضل تھا یا رب کریم آج وہی نظر نائد فرما وہی نظر شفقت نائد فرما جب آپ نے ہمیں امت کے لئے چنا تو امت کی صفات بھی عطا فرما امت کے قدار بھی عطا فرما نبی کریم سم کی سنت سیرت شمائل یہ سب عطا فرما آپ کی ایک نظر کی بات ہے ہمارے زندگی کے سوال ہے آپ کرم کریں یا رب کریم آپ کے پاس تو عرب و خرب و نیک مننے ہیں یا رب کریم تیرے سوا ہمارا کوئی اور رب نہیں ہم تو توحید لے کر آئے ہیں آپ کے ماننے والے ہیں ہمارے نبی کریم سم نے بتایا ایک بنی اسریل کی عورت تھی اس نے ایک کتب کو پانی پلایا 
نہ اس عورت کا ایمان کا تذکرہ ہے نہ ان کے رسالت کا ماننے کا تذکرہ ہے یار بیگم ہم پھر بھی تو آپ کے ماننے والے ہیں نبی کریم سم کے ماننے والے ہیں یار بیگم ہمیں بھی ہم سے بھی کوئی اچھا کام نہ فرما کوئی خدمت نہ فرما کوئی ایسا کام ہم سے ہو جس سے تو راضی ہو جا تیری نظر آ جا تو پورا دین ہمارے عنایت فرما بکریم اپنے کرم فضل رحمت سے ہمارے ان دعاؤں کو قبول فرما ملک کی پاکستان کی حفاظت فرما ملک کی پاکستان کو امن اطمینان کا ملک بنا جن اچھے مقاصد لوگوں نے قربانی دے کر اس ملک کو بنایا ان اچھے نیک مقاصد کو حاصل کرنا ہمارے نصیب میں سے بنا یار بکریم آپ ہی بہتر جانتے ہیں ہم تو فتنہ فساد فسق فجور کے زمانے میں رہتے ہیں حق اور باطل کی کبھی پہچان بھی نہیں ہوتا بکریم تو تو علیم الخبیر ذات ہیں جہاں بھی باطل ہیں ان کو ہدایت عطا فرما ملک کی دشمنوں کو ہدایت عطا فرما اگر کسی کی تقدیر نصیب میں ہدایت نہیں تو ہمیں ان کی شر سے محفوظ فرما ہمیں ہمیشہ حق والا بنا بکریم ہم پوری امت کے لیے دعا مانگتے ہیں امت مسلم اپنے خصوصی رحمت نازل فرما آج امت شرمندہ ہے ہمارے نبی کریم کے خلاف باتیں ہوتی ہیں تصویریں ہوتی ہیں امت لا جواب ہوتا ہے یار بکریم ہمیں صبر حلم ہمت عطا فرما امت کو ہدایت عطا فرما اور اگر امت میں سے جو پریشان ہے مظلومین ہے متاثرین ہے یار بکریم ان امتوں پر اپنے خصوصی رحمت نازو فرما ہمیں بھی امت کی خدمت کے لیے قبول فرما دین کی خدمت کے لیے قبول فرما مخلوق کی خدمت کے لیے قبول فرما نبی کریم سزم کی سیرت اور سنت اپنانے کے لیے اور پوری دنیا کو اس کی طرف بنانے کے لیے ہمارے ایک ایک خاندان کو چن فرما ہمارے گھر کو دعوت کا مرکز بنا ہمارے آگے والے قیامت تک تمام آنے والی نسلوں کو ایمان کی حفاظت فرما یار بکریم امت کے نوجوان نسل پر اپنے خصوصی رحمت نازل فرما یار بکریم ہمارے اپنے خاندان میں دوست میں کالنگز میں نیبرز میں بہت سے لوگ ہیں جو ابھی تک آپ سے محبت نہیں کرتے یار بکریم وہ ہم سے بہت بہتر ہیں آپ اپنا تعارف کروا دیجیے اپنے ہدایت ان کے دل میں ڈال دیجیے اپنے محبت کا تعارف کروائیں وہ آپ کے ماننے والے بن جائیں گے آپ کے مان کے مطابق چلنے والے بن جائیں گے وہ اچھے عاشق صادق آپ کے بن جائیں گے یار بکریم اپنے ہدایت کو عام تام فرما اپنے ہدایت چشمے کو جاری ساری فرما ہم سب کو ہدایت یافت بنا ایک بن کر نیک رہنے کی توفیق نصیب فرما آپ کے عشق میں اور نبی کریم صاحب کے عشق میں جو دین کا جو مغز ہے حقیقت ہے اس عشق میں جمع ہونا ہمارے لیے آسان فرما ربنا تکمل منا انکانت السمیل علیم یا رب کریم جو حاضرین آئیں وہ ایک حسن زن لے کر آئے تھے ایک امید لے کر آئے تھے کہ کوئی خیر کی بات ملے گی یا رب کریم ہم آپ کے ان کے دنوں میں حائل نہیں ہونا چاہتے ان کی امید سے بڑھ کر معاملہ فرما ان کی حسن زن سے بڑھ کر معاملہ فرما اتنے پہلے ہم سب کو اپنا محبوب بنا یار بکریم جو منتظمین تھے معاونین جن کی فکر سے درد سے اخلاص سے یہ کانفرنس منعقد ہوا یار بکریم ان کو ہماری طرف سے سب کی طرف سے بہترین جزا عطا فرما ہمیں بار بار آپ کی یاد میں جمع ہونا نصیب فرما بار بار ہمیں ایسے مجالس نصیب فرما یار بکریم اس حال 
کے جو منتظمین ہیں ان کا جو آج اس پر ہمارا تعاون ہوا انہوں نے ہمیں آپ کی حبیب صلی اللہ علیہ وسلم کی یاد کے لیے موقع دیا یار بکریم ان کو بھی بہترین جزا تھا فرما ربنا تکمل منا انکا انت السمیع العلیم وطوب علینا انکا انت التواب الرحیم وصل اللہ تعالی علی حبیبہ سیدنا محمد وعلا آلہ وآصحابہ اجمعین برحمتک یا ارحم الراحمین